Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Hoops Joint Podcast. I am your host, Zen. And joining me today is Heath Lifer, David. Hello, guys. And our other host today is uh, Kawhi Leonard fan, Francis, of course. Yes. All right. So now we are on the midst of the last games of the, the conference finals. Let's discuss the Eastern Conference uh, with Milwaukee and Atlanta. Game 5 has finished. So, Milwaukee won against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. Um, the, uh, prior to Game 5, the Hawks played their best defensive game against Milwaukee, holding them to only 44 points in the paint after allowing an average of 60 in their first three games. But the Bucks played with a sense of urgency and were relentless at scoring in the paint in Game 5. They had 20, 28 points in the first quarter alone and 44 at the half, which matched their total in their last game. The Bucks were taking advantage of their length and athleticism, ironically without the help of the Great Freak. It was an amazing performance by their starting lineup led by Brooke Lopez at center. <laughs> Him just owning the paint, scoring 14 out of, out of 18 in the field, um, ending up with 33 points in 37 minutes. And in the second half, the Hawks were trying to make a run, just like they did when they cut a historic 26-point deficit against the Sixers in Game 5 in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Um, but there was a stretch within the last three minutes in Game 5 against the Bucks, where the Hawks shot a barrage of threes, cutting the lead to at least six points, including a four-point play by Bogdan Bogdanovich over P.J. Tucker. But... With every run the Hawks made throughout the game, Milwaukee remained calm and responded and never gave up their lead. And it wouldn't be possible without the help of Bobby Portis, Mr. Crazy Eyes, who was spectacular on both ends, starting in place of Giannis, netting a playoff career high, 22 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 steals. Chris Middleton, who made timely shots the whole game, added 26 points and 13 rebounds. The lone bright spot for the Hawks was Bogdanovich, who ended up with 28 points, making all of his shots from deep. Trey Young was shooting some floaters and jumpers before the game and was wincing uh, as caught by TNT's broadcast and ultimately sat out the game because he was uncomfortable. So now he has 48 hours to recuperate. Uh, get some treatment and rest, and he will remain a game-time decision on Game 6. So, how about you guys? Uh, do you do you think the Hawks have a chance on Game 6? I think it's a battle of role players now. Because their they're two main stars, Trey Young and, and Giannis, is out. And it wrote on how the Hawks play. They were very sluggish at times, especially on, on the on the offensive end. The main strength of Atlanta is how they push the pace against Milwaukee, and now and now they they can't do that because, you no, know, as as good as Lou Williams is, he is he doesn't have that young legs to push the pace against Milwaukee. Their main shooters aren't as effective as the last few games when Trey Young was available, and I think that's the big thing. You know, uh, the offense of Atlanta heavily relies on on Trey Young. And aside from that, uh, Drew Holiday and Middleton is stepping up. Even like what you said, Zen, Brook Lopez was amazing last game. Uh, he scored he scored thirty three points and 
you know, he he dominated John Collins, Clint Capella uh, around the paint. You know, that that's that's his true position, being dominant around the paint. How about you, Francis? What are your thoughts about it? Well, my thoughts about it is they finally unleashed uh, Bobby Portis, who scored 22 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, and 3 steals at 45% field goal percentage. So, I guess uh, now that the Clippers are out of playoff contention, we can call Bobby Portis the new playoff team. Because, I mean, this is my favorite player. Playoff Portis. In the back, in the, no, in the box. So, uh, I guess Bud should like incorporate him more. Cause uh, this guy, I think, how much did he average for uh, his three point field goal percentage this season? Almost forty within the top ten. Yeah, within top ten, right? So we didn't see much of uh, Portis against Brooklyn. I think Bud should incorporate him more because it stretches the box for their offense. So that would allow Drew Holiday to create more opportunities for other players. And then, I guess it relieves stress on Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. And then, Chris Middleton had a solid outing. So, that's like 50% field goal percentage on 26 points and 13 rebounds. So, this is what we expect of uh, Chris Middleton. Actually, uh, I've seen some Giannis detractors from social media saying that Chris Middleton is should be the number one option for the Bucks. But I don't think that way because I think Giannis is still the number one. But when it comes to closing the fourth quarter or if you need timely buckets from a shot creator, which can basically pull up on anywhere on the floor to give you a bucket, it's Chris Middleton. So there's one glaring stat here for me. Why did Clint Capella only play 21 minutes? So do you have any thoughts about that, uh, Zen? I think... They they were playing small. Whenever they sub out Brook Lopez during those stretches where Clint Capella isn't on the floor, I think Coach Nate, Nate McMillan was trying to insert energy by putting Cam Reddish and Onyeka on Fongwu because they were they were fantastic in Game Five. So uh, they were trying to just in, in inject that energy that might help them, you know, get back the lead at some point, but. It wasn't really effective. Uh, Lou Williams, as great as he is, he is not the same ball distributor as uh, Trey Young is. It, it's yeah, but, no, he, he, no, yeah, he's a good scorer. He but... was the one who replaced him on the starting lineup. If you put him on the shooting guard position, he would be guarding Chris Middleton in that end because uh, right now he is the starting shooting guard uh, because. Uh, Bobby and PJ Tucker are are the forwards for Milwaukee, so they they opted to to make him the point guard. Uh, Chris Dunn isn't really that good anymore. I think he was he, he he's just uh, wasting minutes on the floor. Are they missing Rondo? I I don't think so. I think scoring wise, Lou Williams makes up for that. But yeah, he's a bucket. He he, he can, he's a professional bucket getter, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's it's just hard to play without Trey Young for the Hawks. Without him at the center of that offense, it is vastly different. You can see uh, if if you check the stats, Clint Capella only made I mean tried two I think around two two field goal attempts the whole game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean if Trey Young was there, I think he would be much better than he was today. So. It's just lack of playmaking on their end. Kevin Herter, I think, should have the ball more, but 
Bud played a great defensive scheme. Whenever somebody has the ball on the other end, Drew Holiday will be the one defending them. So they, it put a lot of pressure on them trying to play me the whole game. And I hope they, they can translate that on the next game. Um, they have, you guys yeah, have- well, in defense of Bud Zena, right? Uh, you were saying that Werther needs the ball more. So actually, he shot 12 attempts and also had 7 assists and also played 38 minutes. So, uh, I mean, just from my analysis, like, I'm still baffled that Clint Capella played 21 minutes while Brooke Lopez was scoring 33 points at 77% field goal percentage. Like, I mean, what's, I mean, what's the logic for not putting in Clint Capella to at least disrupt uh, Brooke Lopez's uh, looks? Yeah, if you remember early on the game, even though Clint Capella was there, they were stretching him out and then attacking the paint, forcing him to guard the ball handler, for example, uh, uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And then they will they will just pass Brook Lopez cutting cutting down the lane, and that really forced Nate McMillan to reconsider his lineup. So. He wasn't really that effective defensively. I think that's why he he's, he only played 21 minutes. And even though he is uh, size-wise uh, the same as uh, Brook Lopez, I think he was just defensively ineffective today. Yeah, and I you guess know, he's the only person that can defend Brook Lopez from Atlanta, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and yet, he's still a rookie, so um, you, can, you can only ask for so much from a rookie. I mean, he can guard Giannis, but I think Brook Lopez is still, you know, uh, savvy enough to use his body, body and size to overpower him uh, in the paint. So that I mean, hard to go against that veteran experience. Yeah, he is the Nets' all-time leading scorer for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> so, uh, so anything else to add? So, you know, without Giannis, I'm not hating on Giannis. But with without him, the 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 spacing on Milwaukee's offenses is very good, and I and I think that is why Clint Capella wasn't inserted as much as as as, as we wanted to to contain Brooks Brook Lopez scoring barrage. But but with the, all all of them, all of them, all of those players are are a threat from from beyond the arc. So with, with that kind of offense, it's very difficult to, uh, to defend the cutters within the floor. Without Giannis, I think Milwaukee doesn't have an offensive weakness because defensively they could they could guard anyone on Atlanta because they they they're they're longer they're they're more athletic than compared to Atlanta. Yeah, and that and that's why I think Bud is exploring Giannis at the center much much more in, in this you know <laughs> postseason because. Um, with Giannis in center, you can space the floor with the four other players who are playing. I think now, a better position for Giannis is how how Green operates in in Golden State. I I think that's a better position for him to to work to yeah, work around. That, that that's a normal forward position. It's just Giannis at the center would be a great adjustment for Bud against, especially against small ball lineups. He can be a, a screen setter and. Rim protector, but it's just that the the injury might really hold him back this mm-hmm. postseason. So we'll just have to wait and see how it goes. If he he'll play in these last two games with uh, at 
Atlanta, and of course, Game Seven if necessary. Uh, we'll just have to wait and see if he, uh, his health will improve. But personally, uh, I don't think he should play. He should, you know, rehab at the at his maximum ability, and then see how it goes. If, if, if of course, mm-hmm. Milwaukee ends up in the final. Do you have any updates on? On the timeline of of Giannis, is, is he going there back? There isn't any ta- timeline provided by uh, the and just medical staff. Yeah, it's just uh, like, no, it's Milwaukee. Like, sorry, it's kind of like the situation with the Clippers, where they they just mm-hmm. said the main injury and then nothing else. Well, Sen, uh, since you're the box stand here, like mm-hmm. personally, what's your opinion about it? Like, do you think Giannis would be back uh, soon? No, or I, even I don't think the so. finals. I, I, I mean, he's not the the Bucks aren't in the finals yet, so let's not <laughs> get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, personally, I I don't want him to play. I really don't want him to play. Uh, because I I can see him limping a bit during the times the camera pans into his direction. So, uh, it's just better for for my health <laughs> to. <laughs> To know that Giannis is focused on his rehab rather than forcing himself to play and might aggravate aggravate that injury into a worse one because no structural damage is good, but we didn't have any other details rather than him hyperextending his knee technically mm-hmm. based on the video that we saw in Game Four, right? So it's just hard to assess right now. But personally, I really don't want him to play. Unless, unless I guess there there will be a game seven, or, or probably down the line that they might get eliminated. Only on that, end, I think they can, they should consider. But other than that, right now I think with how they performed earlier today, they should be confident with their game plan and execute that uh, to the to the best of their ability. If, for example, if Milwaukee won the NBA championship, if it's a big if. And Giannis didn't play the the whole uh finals final series. Are, are are we still going to consider him as a champion? Like yeah, he's still part yeah, of the team, man. Without him, okay. Without him averaging thirty points and what twelve rebounds at the whole postseason before he went down, he they wouldn't be on on the, the position that they are Eastern in. Eastern right Conference now. Finals, so, yeah. Yeah, so Brooklyn might have beaten. If he wasn't there on Game Seven, showing up with forty points against Kevin Durant, they wouldn't survive mm-hmm. that game. He, they needed all that, all his production during that game because Middleton wasn't getting, wasn't hitting that much shots uh, prior to. You know, right, right, right. No, no, no. no the, the argument that, that I'm trying to that I'm trying to make is, as you know, Giannis is a is a two time MVP, and the only thing that will solidify him as 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 a great player is is a championship, you know, and we, without him playing in the finals, would would that hurt that kind of standing if if Milwaukee eventually win the NBA finals? Legacy, you mean? His legacy, yeah. Yeah, right? of course it would. It would definitely be an asterisk, like his first, mm. his if if you know, knock on wood, <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> happens with Milwaukee this postseason. If they ever get to the promised land and he, he wasn't there, it would be like uh, eating, uh, you know, Krispy Kreme without the sugar on that donut. <laughs> it, would, okay. 
It would be bland. It would be like, you know, but of course, it will just solidify his uh, supporting cast. Like, they did it even even though Giannis is down. That, 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 that's still a great storyline, but of course, it will just, you know, make Giannis hungrier to get back to where they were. Uh, but that's just, that's just Speaking of Krispy Kreme, like uh, I disagree with your analogy, Sen, because uh, <laughs> without Giannis, I think that Krispy Kreme donut would still be sweet, but it just lacks that extra sweetness <laughs> to make it great and iconic. Because your team is still good without Giannis. Like, mm-hmm. didn't you see? I mean, like what we just experienced earlier. The, I mean, it's a blowout. Everyone stepped up, so. I mean, this uh, Milwaukee team, uh, if ever they face the Suns, still a formidable team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. As long as they play at their best, like Drew did earlier today, they can they can at least compete and you know uh, make it hard for the Suns uh, if ever they. Need I think I think they're they're a scary team with the Suns. You know, let, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves, but matchup by matchup, I think I think Milwaukee. Milwaukee wins it because they have more experience, right? The, the, the they have more experience. The difference, the difference between them is, I think, they have added confidence because, of course, they they still beat the defending champions in the first round, and Chris right. Paul, I think, is all is on another level. As much as I don't like the guy for his dirty plays throughout mm-hmm. his career, he's still on another level. Battling COVID, you know, getting. Well, looks one. like the, the looks like the good guy now, no? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the narrative certainly narrative. favors them. Yeah, so now that uh-huh. we're talking about it, let's 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 move forward to the Western Conference Finals, which the Suns ousted the Clippers. Unfortunately, Tyloo, we cannot overcome to three one. Uh, that that statement that it's doable didn't really age well. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think it was unsustainable to begin with. You, you you cannot go into a series down two games every time and, and expect to win the cup. But in in their defense, those two games that they lost uh, on the first two games against the Suns, it was pretty close. Uh, the problem is Paul George missed some shots. I mean free throws, and the Suns won with point nine seconds left. Right, so it's 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 still a toss up. Uh, the the problem is, I think, in my opinion, I sh- I wish that Tyloo went to Terrence Mann earlier rather than using Zubach all the time. I mean, I get the hype, but they they proved that they can beat them on, uh, without Zubach on Game Five. Right? So mm-hmm. it's just unfortunate. But kudos to the Clippers for making this far. They outlasted everyone else's expectations uh, prior to those two series that they they were trailing 0-2. So, what do you think, Francis? What do you think uh, about the Clippers? And- yeah, this is really successful. Like, uh, no doubt about that. Because, uh, I mean, no one even uh, expected us to get out of the Suns series. I know, I mean, the uh, Utah Jazz series. Like, everyone's going bananas over Donovan Mitchell. Like, and how we couldn't stop him. So the thing is, uh, the catalyst for that comeback was Kawhi Leonard for games uh, three and four. So after he went out, 
well, I guess uh, some of the other role players found their groove since uh, they have no choice but to step up since Kawhi went out. And then Paul George decided to take on the mantle as the number one option, the primary playmaker, and also the primary rebounder. So uh, what's that stat again? Like he played uh, more than 100 minutes than any other uh, players that are active right now in the playoffs. I think he has correct? the most minutes for the whole postseason. I think second was Devin Booker. Yeah, so that in itself is an achievement. So I don't know about uh, the people who are still slandering PG because I think uh, we already know uh, at this point that, I mean, what PG is, he's just a, a secondary superstar. So it's very obvious that they needed that closer, the one who could take them to the promised land, which is the finals, which is Kawhi Leonard. So, I mean, still props to the Clippers because uh, Reggie Jackson stepped up and then uh, Terrence Mann had that uh, one game in Utah, game six to close them out. And then Ty Lue for uh, always uh, instilling confidence and also uh, bringing out that uh, resiliency with the Clippers. So even if like we get slandered after this performance, even if we didn't make the finals, this is still the first Western Conference finals berth for the Clippers. And then uh this is still an outstanding achievement for like for a franchise as cursed as the Clippers, especially mm-hmm. uh having Kawhi Leonard out. So and then Do you think I, the curse is in? I mean On. the curse <laughs> is lifted? <laughs> Well, I don't think so. Because personally, as a Clippers fan, uh, I I would like them to uh, rename them their team and then I mean have a full rebrand. Cause yeah, the Clippers name, right? Cause I mean, there's nothing to be proud of with that. Uh, I mean, culture or that name. There's no, there's nothing there that uh that's holding back Steve Ballmer from having a total rebrand. Especially now that they're going to transfer to a new arena. So, and then, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't mind the slander right now, although I was still a bit disappointed that we lost Game 6 because uh, I would have taken a Game 7 loss from the Suns, yeah. even if we get eliminated. They were, they were close against the Suns in, at the half on, on that Game mm-hmm. 6, but Chris Paul went on mm-hmm. there <laughs> after that. I think he waited for that moment, Chris Paul. To be in Staples Center, to be in front of the the team he was he was once part of, that he would just finish them off right there. It's a testament on how good Chris Paul is as a player. Uh, I never thought he, he still had it in him, uh, but kudos to the Clippers on making the conference finals itself. That was such a feat. They ousted the stats darlings, the Utah Jazz. Everyone's writing them off, right? Yeah. So, imagine like I think they really proved I, that. I, I, they're I don't know why why the media is so hard on the Clippers though. Well, because they're the Clippers. <laughs> they're the Clippers, man. Like as as uh, okay, okay. As uh, Francis said earlier, the history that they have, the former ownership that they had, everything else that that predates this years. Los Angeles Clippers has been not that good uh, besides let's say Lob City right so uh, 
It's just, mm-hmm. it's just, especially because they're also the sister team of the Lakers, and they not share, really a sister team, but um, but they still, <laughs> you know, share the same arena. It's just, it's just hard, mm-hmm. you know, being on that shadow with with the new arena. When will it be finished? Well, uh, they said that it should be finished earlier this year, but uh, with the pandemic, right? So I think. They had some setbacks with the construction, so well, maybe next year. Yeah, I think they can they mm-hmm. can they can take advantage of that. Like after they transfer to that new, I'm sure it's a gorgeous arena in Inglewood, but they should take advantage of that opportunity to rebrand and you know rename, rename. You know what? I still see a problem there, cause then cause that's still the Lakers' old stomping grounds. But so, the Lakers aren't right? there anymore. You won't see their banners um, covered up whenever it's uh, a Clipper home game, right? So I think they, they, it will just be a different vibe overall. Because have... you know, Inglewood is a bit rough. So like, I think it fits the character of the Clippers right now because yeah, they're more scrappy and resilient and, and then we're the underdogs. And with their city, and I, city edition uniforms, right? It it, it, it resembled uh, like the, the GTA San Andreas vibe. Right? Mm. So, Definitely. Yeah, I think they can and really I think they're, they're, do that. They're, they're in a better position compared to, to the Lakers now. Like go, going into the next season. I think they're they're in a better position yeah, but with they the have to re-sign Kawhi first. So, um, yeah. on that note, yeah. uh, let's 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 talk about um, the off-season moves that you guys think the the Clippers should do. So let's start with David, since you 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 are starting on that. Well, first they they need to yeah you're right then they they need to sign by Leonard first, and then they need to uh I don't know how 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 they how they would do it uh, in terms of how uh. Their salary cap works. Uh, you know more about this then. But I think they should sign Kawhi Leonard. They should retain Kawhi Leonard, and then they should get back Reggie Jackson. I think those two guys are very important in their team. And then, what what are your thoughts about Serge Ibaka and Kennard? Ibaka and Kennard. I I I don't think they're. Yeah, we can we can go go to Francis for a bit. Uh, what what do you think they should do? Then I can I can. Uh, share my thoughts on that. With regards to the contracts of Serge Ibaka and also Kennard, I still think uh, they're both uh, bad contracts at this stage because, I mean, Serge Ibaka is a seasoned veteran, a defensive presence, and also uh, someone who could stretch the floor. I mean, imagine if Serge Ibaka was in this, I mean, in the playoffs with the Clippers, I doubt that we would have lost the Western Conference Finals even without Kawhi. Because Serge Ibaka is that big. He also has finals experience uh, alongside with Kawhi and also uh, Westbrook, Harden, and uh, Durant. So, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but at this stage, like he's too old, old for this. And I think he has a chronic back injury, mm-hmm. uh, something uh, with the spine. So that's really dangerous and possibly uh, career-ending. So if they're, they're paying him, uh, I'm not sure then, uh, how much are they paying Serge Ibaka right now? Yeah. Um. I think nine nine M around nine M. Oh, it's but just nine M. Yeah, that's a, that's a player option. It, um, Kennard's contract is is higher. Way bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Sixteen. I think sixteen million per year for Kennard. Yeah. To be fair, 
uh, Kinnard's contract is uh, very, I mean, it's still uh, overpaying him, but he produced this postseason every time his number was called up by uh, Tyloo. So I'm not sure if it's that, uh, I mean, if it's really Kennard who did that, or was it Tyloo instilling confidence on Kennard to do all of those things? So he's still a threat on the court, but, but I'm not sure if, like, if I'm gonna pay that much, I would like this player to be a 3 and D guy. Yeah, 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 similar to the mold of uh, Danny Green or even Matisse Taibol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm not sure if they should keep them for next season. But, you know, uh, the primary goal there is to still keep Kawhi because if they don't keep Kawhi, I mean, it's game over for the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they it's might gonna, get far. It's going to end up like this. Yeah, but it, but it's a completely different team without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course the people stepped up uh, when it mattered most, and it translated to them getting to the conference final. To Kennard, like his 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 game fits very well on on the Clippers system, but you know I I think he should be traded because his trade value right now is is super high because of his performance, and yeah. I wouldn't go that high. Not super high, but uh, yeah, still yeah, high. Respe- yeah. more respectable yeah. than Cal Kuzma. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I think it's it's the perfect time to 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 trade him this postseason. Or th- there aren't there aren't no big no big signings. Big uh, yeah, no no big signings in free agent class. So you know, I think I I think they 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 could trade him. They could trade for him. Uh, I'm not really sure. How about these then? Yeah, I mean, with the trade, just, uh, the off-season situation with the Clippers is a bit tricky. Both, if I'm not mistaken, Rondo and Rondo and Ibaka are on player options, or only Ibaka is on a player option. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to Kawhi, because Kawhi has to exercise that player option. They, yes, I mean, he can exercise that player uh-huh. option or, or something else. But trade-wise, they have assets. They can always trade. Zuba, Zubac and Kennard. But Kennard has a three has three years left. Sixteen mm-hmm. M per year. That's gonna be tough to, to get off yeah, the to swallow. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it, I think if they can put a kicker on that trade, like uh, a future first round pick to get off that contract from Kennard, they can always do mm-hmm. that. But they were they are rumblings from, from other pods that the Clippers should consider trading for Damian Lillard. Like it's, I think it's interesting. And they, I think, yeah, I think it's interesting. But they will lose Paul. If they would trade for Kawhi, if, if they would, if they would trade for Dame, yeah. who, who would they, who would who they, they give? give? Yeah, who they would they give? They would give. They would give away Paul George. What? For, no. For, <laughs> no, I think. I, I think mean, it's not. It, it just makes sense on a salary cap perspective because even though the Clippers don't have much trade, uh, trade assets on their end, they can get Lillard, who is disgruntled and uh, under contract for three years. They can also move away from Paul George, who is on a on an. Uh, I mean, Paul George compared to Kennard is has a higher trade value right now. Mm-hmm. Because of his performance this postseason, so it makes sense. But I doubt they would do it. I mean, it's it's highly yeah. unlikely. It's highly unlikely. But it's just a trade that doesn't 
involve much of trade asset. Uh, I think that's just a good a good way to you know entice Kawhi to resign. But of course, I think Kawhi is still resigning, but he would mass maximize his contract situation because, for example, if he doesn't opt in on his player option, he would be a free agent, right? He can still resign with the the Clippers. Yeah, and then do a one plus one similar to what LeBron did for LeBron. the past two years. And that mm-hmm. would uh, put him in a three-year, uh, you know, stint with the Clippers. And that three-year stint will uh, will put the Clippers in a situation where they can have full bird rights for Kawhi. Meaning, they can, if Kawhi and the Clippers negotiate for a new contract after that one plus one, he will get more money on the Clippers than any other team that can possibly resign him. So, uh, a one plus one. Uh, after this, and then uh, I think a five. I five need to year, a super max. Five year super max contract, mm-hmm. like it's arguably at the, at least forty five million per year, roughly that that wow. amount. So, I think that's the route he would take in order for him to get maximum money. But of course, there are still other destinations that are interested in his services, like mm-hmm. of course your your Miami Heat did it and. The Dallas Mavericks <laughs> can always uh, go for that as well. The Knicks can always be part of the conversation w- with regards to their cap situation, but yeah, you know, it's very it's, unlikely. Uh, it is very unlikely, no- knowing yeah. how bad the ownership there is. So, also, Kawhi he left Toronto. I mean, New York is basically neighbors with Toronto, so I don't see any reason why he would want to go to New York. If I remember correctly, Kawhi just purchased uh, a mansion in in California. I, I don't know where. Uh-huh. I forgot where. Uh, like I something? Yeah, so, I think it's around seven, $17 million or, or mm. more. I don't know. Uh-huh. So uh, I think that points to where he would resign. I think it's either around that area. Uh, the the teams that are in contention uh, for Kawhi would be if it's around the California area, it's of course Golden State and LA. the Lakers. Yeah, all 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 teams and Sacramento, but of course that's highly unlikely. And mm-hmm. Phoenix because Phoenix is just uh, I think a few hours away from from San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. So it's unlikely. But they can still pay it because if, for example, like worst case scenario for the Suns, Chris Paul doesn't resign there. They have the cap space to re- to sign Kawhi if yeah. Chris Paul leaves. So that's still. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you do you think David Ka- Kawhi leaves the Clippers and goes to Miami? No, I, I don't think so because the the way his season ended with the with the Clippers. Like he he wanted to prove something, so I I think it's 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 very very likely that Kawhi will will sign with the Clippers again. And I think you know even though it's a players league right now, it's a players are empowered right now in choosing where they go and you know how how they manage their contracts. I I don't I don't think Kawhi is is a LeBron kind of player jumps around and and chases rings. So <laughs> I think Kawhi stays with the Clippers. How about you, Francis? Yeah, uh, I think first let's uh let me put this out first because I'm having a lot of frustration regarding this. 
captains like their crowning Booker as the next Kobe. The closest person to Kobe and Michael Jordan is Kawhi Leonard. And also the youngest active finals MVP is still Kawhi Leonard. Let me put it out there. Even though we lost, this guy is still a top 5 NBA player. And then with regards to his uh, contract situation and also where he would want to stay, I guess he would still with uh, the Los Angeles Clippers. Because, I mean, he's been prefer- preferring this since being in LA since his San Antonio days, ever since he became disgruntled star with them. So imagine Toronto built a really, really great crew for him to win multiple championships. Like that roster is so deep up to the to their third stringers but he still left to go back to LA so i still don't see Kawhi leaving los angeles so maybe uh, the best suitors for him would be the lakers since they're sharing the same town essentially and also the golden state warriors cuz it's a bit far fetched but there's still a possibility cuz it's still close so think, yeah if he would if if he would want to compete for another championship i think the Golden State Warriors is a better option for him because he's close there and he he's not too far off from from LA. Steph is there. Clay Clay Thompson is coming back. Green is still there. So you know if if he if he wants to mix things up, I think you know Golden State could be another destination for him. But yeah, but in what the Clippers have proven, you know they they have that team mantle, their closeness. You could see you could see that on the court. You know how how close they are. How how they play as a unit, so I don't think he'll he'll move from from the flip. I think I really think so too. But of course, there's always the possibility of him, you know, exploring his options while he's a free agent. I think he did that meticulously when before he even signed with the Clippers, he explored every possible option before he made his final decision. I mm-hmm. think it's an interesting place for Kawhi to be in right now. He can definitely go for a championship wherever he goes because, of course, he's that kind of player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and with the Warriors, they he can always go there and start another dynasty. Which team gives Kawhi a better chance at winning a, a championship? Like, think, should he go to Golden State or stay with the Clippers? I think with what happened this postseason, both teams can give him that kind of chance. It's it's just a matter of. His supporting cast, if, of course, right. the Clippers don't lose, uh, let's say, Reggie Jackson because he played out of his contract. I mean, he's going to get paid this offseason. Um, and with Golden State, of course, the talent is there. But that would be a very top-heavy team. Like Steph, mm-hmm. Clay, Kawhi, and Raymond. Out of those four, I think the, the most... <laughs> the, the person that is least likely to get an injury is possibly Draymond Green. With all of their history, injury-wise, Kawhi is pretty high, uh, you know, being injured. Uh, of course, with his recent battle in in his ACL, you know, supports... supports Clay's been uh, pretty durable outside of uh, his 2019 stint. As long as he doesn't need that ACL repair... Uh, surgery, I think he's good, good. But he can always go similar to what KD did. He re-signed with another team, even though he was injured. he was basically injured. Rehab, waited for a year, and went mm-hmm. back 
showed that he is still the, one of the greatest scorers in NBA's history. I'm just angry with that, bud, that he would miss uh, an entire season. season. If, if he, if he yeah. needs uh, a surgery, it would take that long. Yeah. Especially with how late it happened. It's what, June? June it happened. That's going to take a year. And mm-hmm. if if he goes back, you'd rather have him rest that postseason with him missing the whole season and, you know, be healthy the following season. So it's really tough if he would he would need that surgery, but hopefully he doesn't. Uh, like Giannis is right mm-hmm. now, you know, uh, we can only hope for, of course, me, my favorite Giannis, and Francis with his favorite Kawhi to not get the surgery. Uh, Before we go, like, can we have a consensus? Like, quick, uh, I mean, I just need your uh, quick thoughts about this or your pick. Uh, I mean, which which has a higher chance of winning the championship? Kawhi on the Clippers or Kawhi on Golden State? Like, very quick. No oh, explanation. Kawhi Golden State. I, me Kawhi too. Kawhi on Golden State. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. You have, what, two of the best shooters of all time. And that's pretty much <laughs> all the explanation you need. And with him and Green being monsters defensively, any G leaguer who who joins the Golden State Warriors would probably end up as champions. But uh, we'll see how it goes. All right, so we let's wrap this up. Uh, to all the listeners who stayed up until this minute, thank you. I uh, hope you can subscribe and share our podcast to everybody else that you know who loves the NBA and basketball in general. Uh, this is me, Zen, uh, signing off.